For those of you who don't know me, my name is Beth. I float around on the youth team here at church, so you might have seen me around. Uh, tonight, we are carrying on our series that we've been doing uh, throughout Threads, which is called Deny, uh, which is all about what it takes uh, in terms of self-sacrifice and following Jesus. In particular, some of his really tough words that he spoke, where he says about denying ourselves and taking up our cross so that we can follow him. Uh, and we've already heard talks from the wonderful Laura and the wonderful Hannah on this um, topic already. So Laura kind of talked about taking up responsibility and sort of what it is to sort of challenge ourselves. And we have behaviors where we think this is just the way we are and challenging ourselves on that. And then Hannah also talked a little bit about what it comes to to do with sort of personal devotion and kind of what it takes to kind of uh, deny ourselves and sort of follow Jesus in that. And today we're going to continue uh, on with the series, like I said. But first I want you guys to do a little activity. So uh, underneath your chairs, there should be a pen or a pencil and a teeny tiny square of paper. Um, and they're going to put a question up on the screen. And just really quickly, I want you guys to jot down uh, who or what are the three most important things to you in your life. No one's going to read these. No one's going to see them. We're not doing like a share and tell. So literally just write down who or what are the three most important things in your life. So I'll just give you guys a few seconds to do that. So just jot them down. If your pen doesn't work or something, flag a leader down and they'll get you another one. And that's all. Brilliant. And once you've done that, you can just kind of pop it back under your chair along with the pen. You don't need those. We'll come back to those later. Um, but if you just kind of finish those off and pop them underneath. If you're still writing something, that's fine. You can kind of listen to me and finish it off at the same time because we're all multitaskers here because we're so talented. Um, so today, um, we are specifically looking at the theme called Take Up Your Priority. And you guys will be so happy to know that more specifically, we're looking at relationships, the romantic kind. Ooh la la. Um, and so that is what I'm going to be talking to you guys about tonight. Uh, if you are a Christian in the room, God is something that should uh, affect how you think about relationships, how you approach them. And if you're not a Christian, you're going to get a little insight into that world um, tonight. And I'm going to break it down into three points for you as we go through uh, and what it means to kind of take up God as our priority when it comes to relationships. But first, I just wanted to go back to the passage that's kind of inspired this whole series. Um, so we're just going to pop it on the screen and I'll read it to you guys. It's from Matthew 16, 24 to 25. Uh, so it says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. Next slide. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now, this is kind of a pretty hard-hitting passage. And I remember when I was younger, I used to think that basically that translated as if I was going to follow God, I had to give up everything that was fun in life and that life was going to be really boring and I'd lose all my personality. And I just don't think that's true because here it says, whoever loses their life for me will find it. And there's another verse uh, in John 10, 10, where it says about how Jesus comes to give us life and life in all its fullness. And that's the kind of life that he says that we are going to find if we follow him. And a lot of the time, so, so God says to us to, to hand stuff over to him, which is difficult. But often it's because he's got something better for us or something better for someone else or because he wants to safeguard us from something that might harm us. 
But the big question often when it comes to giving stuff up to God and sort of this whole denying ourselves actually comes down to do we trust God with some of the things that we hold most dear and most precious to us and that have the most value. And I found um, an image a while ago on the internet. It's kind of a little bit twee, like you get on like a card from like Clinton's or something. But I kind of really like the image it kind of gives. Um, and it's going to go on the screen. And it's basically this little girl, a little teddy bear. Like, I don't know if you guys have had like a favorite bear or something when you guys were a kid. I had a little rabbit with a rattle in it. Um, but they're a fun story for you. Um, and this girl's kind of saying how she loves it. And so we've got Jesus here saying, just trust me. And what she can't see is that he's got a massive bear behind his back. And in that moment, she's going to have to have a choice of does she trust him or not, not knowing what the payoff is going to be if she gives that up to Jesus. And sometimes that is what we are faced with. Do we trust God enough to put him first in these situations? And so the first uh, thing I want to talk to you guys is about when it comes to relationships, what happens when we prioritize the pressure first? Now, I might be thinking, what does that mean? And what that means is the sort of pressure to be in a relationship. Now, at this point, much to Laura's delight, I'm going to give you guys an insight into my world with my parents. Now, some of you may or may not know that I am single. I have been for a couple of years. And my parents have had several things to say about this fact. Now, my parents are lovely human beings, but sometimes they can be a bit dramatic and a little bit savage. Um, and also what you need to know is that my brother, who's five and a half years older, is also single. Um, and I kind of went home like last Easter I think it was and we're having a lovely roast dinner you know mum had done all the best things lemon meringue pie for dessert everything's going well um, and my dad just starts asking no is there anyone on the scene oh, oh you know for me and my brother and I'm like no no uh, not really found anyone and then my dad goes oh well that's okay because uh, me and your mum have been thinking about signing you and your brother up for a six month dating website subscription I'm not sure he was joking. And then, you know, go fast forward a few more months. Uh, my birthday is in October. And, you know, typical thing, Beth, what would you like for your birthday? Can you give us a list? Give us some ideas. And so I thought, oh, you know, I'd quite like an iPad. But that's a bit more than my parents' budget. They don't spend too much on birthday and Christmas. But I thought, I'll ask for money towards the iPad for birthday and Christmas. I'll put some of my money in, and then I can get one. Nice. So I tell my dad this, and my dad's like, okay, we'll have a bit of a think about it. And um, then one day, I'm sat watching the TV in my living room, and I get a phone call from my dad. And he's like, hey, how are you doing? He doesn't actually sound like that at all. Um, and basically, I'm like, oh, yeah, doing well. And he's like, oh, we've thought about this whole iPad thing. And um, we've decided that we're just going to get it for you. Now, my parents never do this. This is ridiculously generous. And I went, are you sure that's really generous? And my dad's like, yeah, yeah, totally fine. And I'm like, are you sure? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, me and your mum had put some money aside for your wedding. But seeing as that's not happening anytime soon, we thought we'd get you an iPad. <laughs> Literally the truth. And then, then he adds on. Oh, yeah, we already paid for half of your brother's new kitchen out of his wedding fund. So literally, guys, for Christmas this year, I'm getting part of my future wedding fund in the form of an iPad because my parents have given up hope on it happening anytime soon. Uh, so it's literally in my life. And also one time, my mum sat me down, looked into my eyes and said, have me and your father done something to put you off marriage? Like, literally, she thought that she'd done something to put me and my brother off marriage, which they haven't because they're wonderful and their marriage is a lovely example. So that is an insight into my life, people. Uh, but on a really serious note, 
sometimes there is a lot of pressure from other people or social media that we should be in relationships and that there is something a little bit wrong with being single. Now, me, I am happy being single. Sometimes that blows people's minds, but it is possible. And being single can be hard, but so can relationships. So I think we have to take that with a pinch of salt. But like I said, so often we can feel like we're supposed to be in a relationship, or if we haven't yet, that one day that's the, that's the kind of status that we're supposed to be in. And so often we kind of subliminally get this message that if we're not in a relationship, if we're single, that there's something wrong with us, or we're weird, or we're too much of a loner, or you know, we must be a horrible person, or maybe we don't look right, maybe we're a bit odd, or there's something wrong with us. And so, so often and we can feel like we need to be in a relationship because of the pressure from other people. And we believe these lies that maybe we're not good enough if we're in a relationship. And that's just not true. It is a big lie that we are told. Now, Paul in the Bible, who wrote loads of the kind of the New Testament and all the sort of newer parts of the Bible, um, he wrote a chapter that I really like. And he talks in it about both singleness and being in a relationship. And it's 1 Corinthians 7, if you want to go away and read any more about it. Um, but in this chapter, he talks about how both singleness and being in a relationship are gifts. It's not like one is a gift and the other isn't. He says that both are gifts. And I also heard something else that kind of blew my mind a little while ago where um, these two ladies were talking, I kind of overheard them, um, where they were talking about sort of singleness and um, sort of Jesus. And they were talking about how, you know, Jesus as Christians, we look at as being this big example of how we should live our lives. And Jesus had one of the most game-changing, impactful lives ever. Well, he did have the most impact in life ever. And and yet so often we forget that actually he was single and somehow single people still get the message that their lives won't be fulfilled or game-changing if they're not in a relationship. If Jesus was single and was so game-changing in what he did and had such a rich and full life, why do we think for a single minute that if you're single you're counted out of that? Whether you're in a relationship or you're not, your life can be fulfilled and amazing with God in it. This isn't a bash on relationships because relationships are amazing. But so often we talk about relationships and not the whole singleness side of them. And I think so often we can miss out of that teaching as well. So when we think of relationships, do we sometimes prioritize the pressure of being in one more than sometimes maybe we prioritize God in these things? I mean, what would it look like if rather than jumping into relationships, we were a people who were so secure in God and knew that we were loved so much that we don't jump at the first person who would show us affection or we won't settle for any less than what God has got for us? What would that look like? Now, the second um, thing I want to have a look at um, in terms of what we can so often prioritize when it comes to relationships is ourselves. And so often, what can happen is that we prioritize ourselves, how it makes us feel, whether it may feel good, or place our insecurities above God, which can drive what we do in relationships. Whether that's the insecurity pushes you towards going into relationships that maybe aren't the best, but, but then you feel like you're okay because you've got someone, or maybe you're, you know, DMing several people and you know, actually, you're not really going to push it any further. You just kind of, you want to show to your friends that you're kind of DMing a few people and, and get the respect from other people up. Or maybe it's because actually that you don't feel so good about yourself and you think, well, actually, when I flirt with people and they flirt back, it makes me feel good. 
And um, I want to kind of do a little pause to do a little game here before I go any further. So uh, I'm going to need, got a quite imbalanced side, but that's okay. Can I have a volunteer from each side to do a quick game with me? Yes, Angel, I think Johan was up first. If, not, if no one on this side wants to go, we'll just pick someone on there to root for this side, so that's fine. Yeah, do you want to come up? Brilliant. So do you want to come up on the stage? So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to tell you guys a couple of items that you need to get for me and bring back here first. And if you do, you get some Haribo. Yay, hope no one's vegetarian. Uh, but you can't leave the stage until I say go, okay? So the things you need to bring back are, don't move until I say go, three socks, a hair bubble, and a pen. And they can't be your own. I didn't say go. I did not say go. I sounded terrifying then. Okay, so they can't be your own. Three different socks, a hair bubble, and a pen. Go! Okay, we've got a pen. Wait, right, whoa. Oh, wow. Uh, I think Angel did do that, though. Three socks, a hair bubble, and a pen. Well done. Valiant effort, but no socks. So yeah, please give people their, their smelly socks back now. That'd be nice. Uh, Angel, would you like your prize? There we go. Thank you, guys. Amazing. If you want to take your seat. I'm just going to move this out of the way. Otherwise, I'm probably going to crush the pen with my foot. And that would be really sad. Uh, now, I kind of wanted to do that game just to kind of show a little bit of a point that I kind of told these guys that they had to go and find three socks, a hair tie, and a pen um, that wasn't their own. Now, the thing that they didn't do in that game is they assumed they had to get it from out there, although I never said that. Now, I designed this game, and also, if they had uh, asked me, I could have easily given them three socks, a pen, and a hairband back here. But they didn't ask me about where those were, but I could have grabbed them for them, and they could have been a lot quicker about it. But so often, this is actually what we can do when it comes to relationships, is that we forget who kind of designed it all, and we don't go, it goes, okay, you don't have to have your shoes on, it's fine. So often what we can do is we can forget to go to the person who designed it all and, and we can go to other people trying to get from them actually what God alone can give us in terms of being known and feeling secure and feeling loved. And actually sometimes we forget to go to God for those first and we can go and try and find it from other people and it's fueled by the things that we do need and as human beings, we, you know, we do need to feel loved and secure and accepted. Those are valid things. But it's all about where we get those from. And so sometimes, do we actually prioritize ourselves more than we do God? Uh, and now I've got the last one that I'm going to talk to you guys about, which is, sounds a little bit weird, couldn't come up with a better title, so please forgive me, um, when it comes to prioritizing others. And I'm going to clarify what I mean here, because actually prioritizing others in relationships is generally a good thing, but I needed it to fit with the other two points. So there we go. Um, and so what I mean here is, I'm going to chat to you just uh, for a couple of minutes about something that if you've been around Life Central you for a little while, you've probably heard a little bit of teaching on um, before. And I mentioned earlier about how God should impact sort of how we approach relationships, who we get into relationships with. Uh, and so I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about when it comes to sort of Christians and non-Christians. Now, if you've been around sort of any length of time, you've probably heard different bits of teaching about how sometimes it's not always wise um, to date non-Christians because um, it's sort of, you know, there might not be the best influence in that. And while some of that is 100% valid, that is not the angle I want to take right now. So we're just going to put that to one side. And that is because um, I was thinking about to a conversation I'd had with a friend and I felt like God wanted me to share some points out of that. 
Uh, a little while ago, I was meeting up with my friend Polly. Um, she's not a Christian. She's one of my school friends. I still keep in touch with all my school friends, even though it was like 10 years ago, which is crazy. Um, and sort of all of them were starting to get partners, moving in with each other, all of that. And she kind of chatted to me, and she was like, oh, you know, you're single, you haven't met anyone, um, and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, no. And then she was like, well, have you thought about, you know, non-Christians, bigger pool of fish, more of a chance of finding someone? Um, and honestly, my answer in that moment was no, but not because I thought that people would pull me away from God or anything like that. My answer was no, because I was like, if God is truly supposed to be everything to me and first and foremost in every single part of my life, then it becomes really difficult because the point of relationships is it's someone that you share your life with. Now, when you're a teenager, whether you're an adult, that can look a little bit different because you're not having to think about marriage or kids or jobs when you're a teenager. A lot of the time, it's someone who you hang out with a lot, who you kind of like prioritize in terms of messaging and other things, but you're still doing life with them to a certain extent. So this still counts. But if you're living a God-centered life with God-influenced decisions, it can be really hard when there's someone else who, who doesn't get a whole chunk of your life. It's hard to share your life with someone when they can't get all of your life. And I kind of likened it to, has anyone in here ever had to go through the torture of building Ikea furniture? Yes, a good few of you, right. You like it, okay. You should just build everything forevermore. Now, uh, Ikea furniture, for those of you who I'm sure do know, you get your little instruction manual with your flat pack furniture so you can build your lovely, wonderful, let's say, a desk. Now, um, I want you to imagine that you and someone else are going to build a lovely desk together with some drawers, some lovely legs, some little bits on the top as well. So you've got some storage space and it's all going to be grand. And you've got an instruction book and they've got an instruction book and you both want to build the desk. You want this desk. However, you realize as you start building it that you've started getting some different screws to them and they've started working on the legs and you've started building the drawers because actually, although you're trying to build the same thing, you've got two completely different instruction manuals of how to do it. And sometimes, actually, that's what it is like when it comes to um, Christians and non-Christians in terms of you might have the same goals that you want a relationship to work, but you can find it really, really tough if you're following two different sort of manuals or guides of how to do life. Because as Christians, we look at Jesus, we want to follow him and his wisdom. And so if we are following a different set of instructions to someone else, that can be really flipping tough. Now, in the Bible... Uh, it does say, you know, God asks us to put him first. And that is a really big and challenging deal. Uh, Jesus says in his gospels to his disciples about how there are two commandments that are the most important. The first one being to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. And the second one to love your neighbor as yourself. And the order there, sort of Jesus says, is love your God first and then love in others. And that can be really tough. But what God asks of us is to put him above other people. And this is really, really difficult, but it's something that is so worth doing. Being a Christian isn't like walking through Disneyland, although it is 100% worth it. So when it comes to prioritizing other people, like how do we share a God-influenced, God-filled life with someone who may not fully get it? Because it'll be really difficult. At this point, I'd love you guys to grab your post-it notes and uh, just take a little look at them for me. Uh, and I want you guys to have a little look at what you put on your sticky notes there. 
So you might have put friends or family. You might have put God. If you did put God, did you put it there because you felt like you should put God there? Or is it because you actually wanted to put him there? Did you maybe put hobbies like music or art? Like what did you put on your list? Now, I'm, I'm not going to kind of ask you to read any out like I said before. But I want you guys to just kind of look at those. Um, because really what this series, what I want to talk to you guys today, what this all boils down to is kind of what are your priorities and where is God in your life? Is he more important to you than anything else? Because God requires everything from us. If you were in uh, the Hales Owen uh, or Hagley services today and you heard Laura speak, she kind of touched on that uh, a little bit this morning as well, about how God requires everything of us, even when it comes to relationships, which are such a big thing when it comes to our lives. Uh, Now, I'm going to ask the um, band guys to just kind of come up behind me, um, sort of to kind of close out in a moment, but... I want you guys just to take a moment to kind of think about where is God in relationship to relationships in your life? Maybe you are in a relationship. Maybe you have been in the past. Maybe you've never been in one yet. Um, And wherever you're at with that, I want you guys to just kind of sort of take stock of where God is at in those things. Is God at the top of everything? Uh, Maybe he's not, but you want to put him back there. Maybe he's never been there and you want to put him there for the first time. Maybe you really struggle to keep him first in stuff because actually you're a little bit scared of what that might mean. And like I was talking a little bit earlier about what it is to sort of trust him with these things. Do you trust him with some of the biggest stuff in life? Um, And so I want to just do like a really straightforward kind of response thing with you guys. Um, We're just going to do basically, I'm going to get you guys to kind of shut your eyes and sort of a put your hands up type deal. Um, Did I say shut your hands? I meant shut your eyes if I said shut hands. Um, And so basically what I want you guys to do is just to have a little bit of a think about do you want to put God higher up on your priorities than he already is? Um, And if that's you, then what I'm going to do is just ask you guys to pop your hands up and some leaders will pray for you. Nothing weird. No one's going to like lick your face or do like a conga dance around you or anything. Um, So it's just going to be kind of a private moment really. Um, And so can you guys just shut your eyes for me for a second? I know some of you are sort of tempted to look around during these moments, but if you could just shut your eyes, that would be amazing. Uh, If for you, you feel like you want to put God back at the top of your priorities, or you want to make sure that he stays there, um, I'd love you guys just to sort of pop your hands in the air, if that is you. Um, If you kind of want to make sure that he's back up there, you want to... Uh, live that life for him. If you can just keep your eyes shut, that would be amazing. Nice. Leaders, if you just want to go and uh, pray for those who've got their hands up. If the rest of you guys just keep your eyes shut for the moment, that would be amazing. But when I was... um, praying for this talk, I kind of felt as well that God wanted me to have uh, kind of a second response. And that's because I think there are some people maybe in the room who um, have carried around embarrassment or shame or guilt when it comes to relationships. And maybe they've tried to put God at the top, but he just keeps slipping down the priorities. And they don't mean to let him, but it just keeps happening. And, and they feel a little bit bad about it. But I feel for those people that actually God wants to say, He loves you. There is no shame. There is no guilt in him. He loves you. He'll always forgive you for anything. And all he wants from you is for you to love him 
and just to keep putting him back up at the top as soon as you recognize that he's not there. And if that's you and you've felt like you've kept trying and maybe you just feel a little bit um, ashamed or guilty or any of those things because you just feel like it just keeps slipping down the priority list. If that is more specifically you, then everyone else, could you keep your eyes shut? Um, if that is you, if you could just pop your hand up. It might be that you've already been prayed for, which is fine because we can feed that into it. But if that more specific response is for you and you just feel like you've kept trying, um, but you just keep slipping down the priorities no matter how hard you try um, and you just feel a bit bad about that, then please do pop your hand up. If you don't want to put your hand up now, then you can find a leader at the end. That would be fine. Okay, amazing. If you're still being prayed for, that is totally fine. Um, you can carry on doing that. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sort of pray to kind of close talk bit and then we're going to kind of go back into worship. Um, and I just love you guys kind of during the worship just to kind of think about where God is on your priorities um, and maybe just have a think about sort of why he's there or he isn't there and just kind of have some time with God just thinking about some of those things. So I'm just going to pray to close. Dear God, I just thank you that you love us uh, no matter what, I thank you that you want us to give everything over to you and that that is really difficult, but it's so worth it. And I pray that when it comes to relationships for these guys, they would be able to put you first and know that it is the best thing for them, God.